0: This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kind. Save, 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 Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, Alexis, the main event, Alexis, Alexis, Alexis. let's get ready to scale Agile. Agile. Out- scrum-a-scale, scrum-a-scale. Come on, Dad. Let's go get him, Dad. Come on, Dad. You've been working really hard. You've been working out every day. You're so disciplined, Dad. Let's go, Dad. Go in the ring. When I say get him, it's Dad. Last year's more. Lass more. Lass more, You get in there and you beat him to a pulp, mom. We catch up with Craig Larman at Beyond Agile, a meetup in Seattle.
1: After many years of working in organizational design, and uh, by the way, Les has got nothing to do with Agile coaching, it has got nothing to do with Agile, uh, Les is an organizational design and I work as an organizational design consultant. So after many years of working in OD, um, and for many of you, because I can see you're quite young, Agile might be your first change fad, this is my fifth change fad, uh, and after a while you come to see that it's all exactly the same except for the names are changing. And uh, why is it that I go around the world, and as far as I can tell, uh, the market for Agile and Scrum is almost zero? Speaking as one of the first CSTs, and being doing this since 1995. And why does it seem to me like the market worldwide for Scrum and Agile is almost zero? The same thing with Lean, and TQM, and Six Sigma, and all of the other change fads that I've seen. And I think I can boil it down to Barman's Laws. When you get to be really old, you get the name some management laws after yourself. <laughs> so, uh, why is there so much lean butt, scrum butt, Kanban butt, DevOps butt, any change idea but? Like, for example, I've even now heard of people who talk about having a DevOps group. I've met the people who created the idea of DevOps. You know, like, uh, for example, uh, Jess Humble, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. Oh, I did that one wrong. Google, there's no such thing as a DevOps group. So one of the the founders of the field of DevOps, uh, the idea from the people who created the idea of DevOps is that you eliminate the operations group it's not working together. Sometimes it's misrepresented like that. Uh, the people who created the idea were saying, you delete the operations group. Uh, the, those people join the regular development teams. They start to learn how to program. And the developers do the operations. That's what was originally meant. Now, uh, how that got distorted into the completely opposite idea of a separate group with a new name, where does this come from, Etc. Etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, And one reason is, I think, what we can call Larman's Laws of Organizational Behavior. Law number one. Organizations are implicitly optimized to avoid changing the status quo, middle and first level manager and specialist positions and power structures. So this is an implicit optimization. You're not gonna find a plaque on the wall that says, we're for the status quo. But if you actually cut through the bullshit and you actually look at organizational behavior and structures, you can see in the presence of change initiatives that there's a huge amount of activity to self-preserve manager and specialist positions and the groups thereof. Number two, as a corollary to one, any change initiative will be reduced to overloading or redefining the new terminology to mean basically the same as status quo. (laughs) And if that's not crystal clear to you, you're not paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Number three. As a corollary to one, any change initiative will be derided as purist theoretical religious and needing pragmatic customization for local concerns which deflects from addressing weaknesses in manager specialist status quo this is a this is a a trick if it's the first time you've seen that you get lost in it but after you've seen it 40 or 50 times over 40 years you you start to see the pattern and the pattern is a variation of there's some manager uh, who wants to self-preserve the position like oh you couldn't possibly mean that Scrum actually means the complete elimination of PMO and the entire concept of projects and pro- project managers. Could you? No. That would be a purist uh, definition of Scrum. So, so then right away, you see, we're deflecting from the fact that I don't want to uh, give up my self-preservation of my position, and we're now shifting it to, like, look over there instead of don't look at me holding on, clinging to these positions and, and power structures. Uh, so whenever you hear the change criticized, rather than uh, the person who's doing the criticism, you can almost always guess that there's some threat uh, to their position. And uh, number four, as a corollary to one, if after changing the change, if after changing the change, some managers and single specialists unfortunately are still displaced, because I couldn't thoroughly kill the change, they become coaches, trainers for the change, reinforcing number two and number three. And uh, if this is your first change fad, pay attention, you will see this play out. And then in seven or 10 years, there'll be the blue pants management change fad, And you'll see all the same things playing out again, but just with different terminology. And in 20 or 30 years, organizations will be exactly the same they are today, as dysfunctional, as wasteful, with much overhead of single function, uh, limited groups, self-preserving overhead positions, because the root causes uh, are never being actually addressed. We talk about it as, oh, it's a culture change. And you can quickly spot someone with very limited experience if you think you can change culture. Uh, or mindset. Culture and mindset are outcomes of the organizational system. So uh, that's really trivial to understand if you actually look at it closely. So imagine you've got an organization with a job title called business analyst, with a career path from BA one to BA four, with an appraisal system where twice a year they meet with a manager of business analysis to see if they're ready to go to the next level and get more salary. And then you come into that organization and you say, Scrum, Agile, why don't you focus on learning JavaScript and editing videos and don't worry about that BA stuff, become multi-skilled. Well, essentially, you're you're making a request for people to behave in a way which is fundamentally different of what everything important in the organizational design is signaling them, which is that we're gonna be appraising on you on being a business analyst, this is your career path, you're gonna get more money for that. So until you actually change the organizational structure and move for example as we do in less and scrum to a new job title called product developer and we formally shift everyone to a new job title called product developer with a career path where you make more money the more different skills you know until you actually set up the structures like that you're really just uh, in a fantasy land if you think you're going to change mindset and behavior just through proclamations you have to fix structure and that's why the Fifth and last of Alarman's laws is that culture follows structure. You need to start by fixing the organizational structural elements, which means deleting most of them, if you actually hope to get the mindset and culture changes which may follow thereafter. Now, by the way, this is a large scale comment, and it's the exact opposite in startups or small scale. If you're a startup with uh, six people in a small office, then structure follows culture. Because the six people that come into this small room, they'll have their personal behavior, their values, and so forth. And when it's that small, their values and personal culture and mindset will shape the nascent and amorphous organizational structures that need to be in place, as little as they are. And if you've ever worked in a startup, you know exactly what I mean. But, if you've, has anyone been in a startup that went from like 10 to 100? Okay, so you might know the following experience. There's a one day when you're walking down the hall when you see a face you don't recognize and you don't know the name. There's that. That's like, oh, wow, something has changed here. Now, then the clock starts ticking because four months after that, the HR manager is hired.
0: <laughs>
1: and then you get the email that says, hi, we're at 90 people now. It's wonderful how fast we're growing, And because things are so chaotic here, I've decided it's time to put in place our career path uh, system and our new group definitions. And then it starts. <laughs> and then it shifts from structure follows culture to now culture follows structure. And as you move to 500 and 1,000, now the organizational structural elements of groups, hierarchy, career paths, they become strongly influential on the way that people behave.
0: Agile Grande teaches you systems thinking through dramatic storytelling, such as Carter takes a job to improve a logistics company's adaptability, but efforts to scale agile practices are being blocked by Mr. Chernesky, a vice president who's organized the company into siloed pigeonholes in order to secretly make millions with a dark web shipping service. Carter's life is in danger, he goes underground, and a spy agency hunts for him. When Carter uses systems thinking, systems modeling, and organizational change to save his company and his life, you get to learn how to apply that to your organization as well. Get your free copy of Agile Grande at leanpub.com. Next episode, Craig Larman takes questions during the meetup.
1: How can you convince clients to pay you to dissolve them?